I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I grocery shop constantly. It's how I know you're bananas. Wow. In New York City, I break headlines. <gasps> okay, that was. I can't take credit because my friend Ryan came up with it with me because you know every time you know you're I'd say like once a week when you're out with your friends drunk you. Oh my god, what's your house life tagline? Listen, Ryan Andy's and girls, shout out to Ryan. Andy's girls, it takes a village. You guys, it's Andy's girls episode, a hundred million thousand bajillion. Love it- that number. <laughs> Thank you so much. Scientific as always. Um, Episode, I think, 117 and like maybe three quarters. Who's to say? I am so excited for an all new guest. I am honored to be here. This is your bar mitzvah. Mm -hmm. This is like your moment, your christening, your whatever. You are. This is your official Andy's girl's birth. This is Mm. this is what's happening. It's the birthday. Um so excited. Gibson Johns. First off, maybe the best name of all time. Is that it has to be your real name. It's my real name. I often get called John on email because it's <gasps> yes, a kind of because people think it's Gibson John Gibson. Yes, I've never met another Gibson first name in my life. Um, but yeah, my name is Gibson Johns. Oh my God, Gibson Johns! You are the managing editor at AOL Entertainment mm-hmm. and a proud Bravo holic. Like beyond, like beyond. like I don't even know what's the term after Bravo holic. I don't know if there is one, but. That's where I think that's where we're kind of like in the same 
same sphere there. Um, can I also just <clears throat> say I am so happy that everyone is now using the term Bravoholic, which I actually, spoiler alert, created no, a couple years ago. No way. And for a long period of time, the only way, like people would reach out to me... <laughs> from like matches from hinge or something because i used it on my hinge profile and i remember somebody googled and they were like i found your website because you are the only thing that came up when i googled bravoholic which i was like seo baby (laughs) i was like spoiler alert thanks so much and now it is a thing and i am in no way better just kidding i'm like 45 percent better do you ever get credit for this because i (laughs) I have heard that term a hundred thousand times i have never gotten credit for it and bravo reached out to me in the spring when they were like we want to invite you to the first ever certified bravo holics event at bravo hq and i was so excited and thrilled but i was also like (laughs) Like, where's my dough? Where's my check? And then someone <laughs> followed me on Instagram whose handle is Bravoholics and it's blown up. Like, people use it. I Bravo think that one uses might it. I follow me too. Yeah. I need a job. Mm. How do I do like an invite? You're, you know, AOL. You know what? You know the dial up. What's the, how do I? I don't know. We have to kind of retrace the steps here. Can someone who, who was like under- the first person to use it after you? Who was the listener who like yes. leaked it out? How did they know? Show your face. Can someone who understands technology let me know how I can prove that I was the creator of we it, which a- I a thousand percent was? We need a satchel of gold there for sure. We need. <laughs> My technology satchel of gold. Who's the person that interviewed Light? I mean, um, created Light. What's his face? Um, Guys, I'm so tired. What's same. His, it's you know, what's his it's face? Hot Ed Franklin, Al Franklin, Ted Franklin, I'm, you're oh, Ben Franklin, person. Ben Franklin. <laughs> so if someone can prove that I am the Ben Franklin of Bravo or whatever, I can't think about history right now. My brain is melting. It mm-hmm. is 750 degrees it really is. in New York City. But I feel like I'm going to die. But we are braving it mm-hmm. because, holy shit, there have been some moments on Bravo mm-hmm. this week that have been hot, hot, spicy hot. So listen, Gibson Johns, which I want to just say over and over. I, keep, I want to call you Gibson John you and want, Gibson Johns. If you want, you can just call me Gibson Johns the whole time. Sort of yes. like a Harry Hamlin situation. Like you're Lisa Renna, I'm Harry Hamlin. Oh my God, I'm so into being the Lisa Renna and the Lisa Renna, Harry Hamlin dynamic. I love that. I feel like that is a role I was wow. meant to play. Um, <laughs> so Gibson, let's talk a little bit about your Bravo journey. So when did you start watching Real Housewives? And is Real Housewives the first Bravo show that you started watching? Um, How did they hook you? I definitely, I was watching New York from the beginning for sure. Okay, got it. I didn't watch, I don't, spoiler, I don't watch OC. But so I, I wasn't there the first, first, first. Maybe yeah. I was, maybe I would kind of off and on catch an episode here and there. But totally. I, I, I was hooked with New York. Um, I watched early Atlanta. <gasps> I watched early Jersey. I watched early all of them except for OC, um, religiously. I'm trying to think, Was were like Project Runway, were those shows before or after? I don't remember kind of the genesis of Bravo. I want to say Project Runway was before okay, Real so Housewives. Okay, so I watched early Project Runway, so maybe that's sort of where, I don't remember the first kind of commercial for Real Housewives that I saw, but yeah. I've been there since the beginning. I, there was definitely a moment in, in the middle there, like kind of all the seasons that I, I, I didn't check out, but I wasn't as sort of like dedicated to it throughout yeah. college and whatever, but um yeah, I've been there since the beginning. There's a lot so of have you there. watched all of New York? Yes, all of New York. So the famed Carol v. Bethany, what side were you on last season? Bethany Hardcore. Really? Mm-hmm. What were you? Tell me everything. What, what was your stance? What were your I thoughts? I sort of 
Listen, like I, Bethany is, I'm, I'm a Bethany stan. Love Bethany. Um, love New York. And I loved Carol. Like I loved, I loved Carol for, for her first several seasons. But I think that that last season, I kind of think that she decided she didn't want to be friends with Bethany anymore. And I, and I, and I don't necessarily blame her because I think Bethany's probably like, probably demand, demands out of yeah, a she's lot of other she's, I think she's probably a problem. And, and I friend. think that she probably admit that herself, that she, that she wants a lot from her friends mm-hmm. and um, maybe it's not as much of an even friendship, but I kind of think that she de- that Carol might've decided that she didn't want to be friends with Bethany anymore. She kind of saw how the dynamic was sort of looking from the outside. I think that she, you can tell by, she changed her appearance. She changed her wardrobe. She kind of changed her demeanor on the show overall, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I kind of, um, I don't know. I, I, I just think that Bethany, obviously she, she wasn't completely innocent in the situation and mm-hmm. I saw both sides, but, um, I kind of sympathize with Bethany a little bit in that situation. Um, and I, cause I, cause I think that friendship was so, I loved watching them together. I thought that they were, that was a real friendship. They hung out yeah, during the they summer. Went to the they Galapagos went on vacation. Islands. Oh God, you don't go to the Galapagos forget. Islands with, with an acquaintance. With your co-star. Right. Yeah, like they were friends and it made me sad because I think Bethany still really wanted to be Carol's friend. And I'm not sure Carol wanted to be Bethany's friend. I think that at a certain point, Carol checked out Mm -hmm. and she might not have been super explicit about why in the moment and then when she felt like she was bringing all of these receipts literal and figurative to the reunion it was sort of past the point where it mattered and I think had they not been shooting this for a TV show I mean they wouldn't be friends to begin with but had they not been shooting this for a TV show I think there would have been an organic moment where they could have had like a serious friendship come to Jesus Mm -hmm. and because they didn't and because their job was really to exacerbate any kind of tension and talk about it in confessionals and watch all that shit play back it only heightened the fissure if that makes any sense I completely agree with you um, but at the end of the day, it just made me a little bit sad to watch it implode because, again, like I think I think a lot of the relationships on these shows, like some of them are just for the cameras, some of them are just yeah. for the show, and that's fine with me. But when they go deeper, I love it because I think it makes for a more genuine watching, like kind of viewing experience and seeing that kind of implode was just uh, disappointing. It's hard to rewatch. I just rewatched last season's reunion, and honestly, when they're yelling at each other, It's difficult and it's difficult because they both are genuinely upset and also the way that they went about it was like not great with like the looking at my phone and like looking at text and whatever. It's just it's not interesting television with Bethany and Carol and the reunion last season was not not fun to watch in my opinion. It got too dark. And I also do think that there is an argument to be made that. Andy was not necessarily like Switzerland. Definitely not. That that's a valid point for sure. And I think that was pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty obvious in the reunion. I think like listen, Andy and Bethany are friends in real life. They I think I think Bethany's probably one of his favorite housewives across yeah. franchises and I think it's probably hard not to show favorites in that situation. Yeah. But also I don't know. I mean, I think he has been friends with her. I don't think his friendship is as close as it once was. I think he understands the value of Bethany. And also, Bethany really comes alive in reunion cycles. Like, she understands this game probably better than anyone else. So even when she's, like, blind to it, it's still pretty good TV. Like, even if you're not on her side, she'll deliver, and maybe that delivery will be, like, strengthening your hate of her, but regardless, something Mm -hmm. is going to happen. 
And I felt like this most recent reunion cycle, it was interesting to me. I felt like New York this season was a mixed bag. There were highs that were historic, but overall I felt like, or rather lows that were historic. (laughs) Regardless, the low was a high. I think for me, I think the last two seasons of New York before this one, the last two before that where they went to Mexico. Insane. Where where Luann, we kind of see Luann's arrest and and from her marriage. Columbia. That was, those two seasons are two of the best seasons of Real Housewives of all Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Maybe the two best. And, In the, anything, top. in the top. Anything in comparison to that was going to be a slight letdown, but I still, and it's also worth noting that for some reason, New York this season was shorter. Why was Nobody, it shorter? I've, I don't know. I Does anybody I think, know? I know? Does they, Bravo it, it's, know? I, I haven't asked I anybody like at Bravo. My theory is that it had to do with kind of, I mean, the reunion was taped so early because of, I think, Luann's co- yeah, 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 appearance, yeah. and um, maybe it had something to do with that. Maybe they thought they had enough, but I'm like, they. I still think, for me, at the end of the day, I'd rather watch the New York ladies go sit at a table, a dinner right. table, and not even fight. I'd re- like they are so such entertaining television to me that I would have loved two or three more fill- even filler episodes. Because to me, filler New York is better than some anything of the, else, like almost anything else. And um, so I think it's worth noting that. But again, like I think the comparison to the last two seasons is so hard. It was definitely up and down this season, yeah. but. I enjoyed it. I thought they ended it really well with, I mean, the Miami trip gave me way more, way more than I I expected. When I heard they weren't going international, I was like, oh God, what are we getting this season? I don't know. Was there a budget cut for New York? I don't know what the deal was. Can you imagine if they cut the budget for New York and like gave it to Beverly Hills or something? That would be honestly a crime. But then it's also, it's like, it's hard because then you look at the ratings and Beverly Hills' ratings dwarf anybody else's ratings. Which? Which is wild to me because (laughs) we can get into that later, but... You know, I think New York to me is just is the is the is the kind of cream of the crop. And it's difficult because essentially all of my guests are New York and L.A. based like L.A. They come here. It's when I'm there and everybody almost universally says New York is my favorite, possibly Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I think people feel like Potomac is delivering at the top of anybody anybody else. But I don't know that I've had anybody on. And listeners, feel free to fact check me on this. I'm sure that I have. I just don't remember who's like my favorite of all time is Beverly Hills. Now, that might have been the case a couple seasons ago, but certainly this season, oh, no. it would be it difficult. It went down for me this season. Yeah, I it was it, it was honestly rough, tough stuff because it was frustrating to watch. New York, not in the sense that New York wasn't solid, because even like a smooth ride with New York, there are things that I can pull, like Ramona saying that Dennis was weak because he was an addict. I mean, that was like maybe the worst Mm -hmm. thing she has ever said that she somehow got away with saying at the reunion. She was just like, I'm so sorry. It was terrible. I I can't believe it. That's a classic Ramona apology. Right. And then when Bethany was like digging into her and she's like, no, really, like you have something against me. Like this is the disease is like whatever hatred you have against me. Like, let's figure out why so we can. Mm -hmm really treat this since I'm diagnosing it and she's like no no I don't I don't know oh my god a bird like it was strange to me I mean where you said that Bethany is kind of like on top of her game during your reunions yeah. Ramona is the complete opposite Ramona we she's fallen literally fallen asleep she's fallen asleep past. Like her, she, her something eyes something about re- reunions that Ramona just 
can't I don't know if she can't wrap her mind around maybe the shootings are too long like something about it just doesn't really click with her a lot of the time she has her moments obviously but like overall she's like on the end of the couch like kind of dazing out I feel like it's because she's genuinely incapable of ever being accountable so the fact that you're having a sit down and you have to own up to stuff and she can't own it own it I mean like she really says oh I'm so sorry it was so terrible can you believe I said that did I say that oh my god I have to go to the bathroom you know what soul cycle really took the shit out of me today so let me do some stretches I mean the best parts of Ramona are when she like gets off the couch to pretend to do some of like Dorinda's calisthenics or something else I mean she's not present but she wasn't really present this season it's just that she's such a garbage monster she gets away with not having perfect attendance because when she's there she's so awful that it's it's great with her I mean not not going off the awful thing but just with her and Sonya it's the same kind of similar thing where it's like you just can't make this shit up like they are so in their own worlds and they have been around that part of the reason why I love New York is that their connections, even though they might not be totally best friends outside of the show, like yeah. they have been friends and co-stars and however, whatever you want to label it for a, Years, de- a decade. If not longer. No, like for so, the show's probably been on right. for a decade. It's like New York has so many of like essential o- OGs. Like yeah. Sonia season two, Luann and Bethany and Ramona are all from the first season. They've gone in and out, obviously. I think Sonia was three. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're, I think you're right too. I she, she will. But, I think Kelly was too. But, it's, but I forget. Whatever. It's same whatever, difference. Oh, same same difference. To uh, to me, it's like Sonya's been there since the beginning. Right. She Dur- feels Durin- like an Durinda OG. Feels like oh, a semi OG. Like to me, it's like these New York ladies. Yes. They go way back, and and they kind of know how to like. They know how to kind of see past things. They know how they know how everyone works and what their dynamics are, and uh, that's that's sort of another reason why I think that like. It's fun to watch. And there's an energy to just filming in New York City mm-hmm. because this city is the devil. Hate it forever. It's oh, part yeah. of the part of the privilege of hate, being hate to love. I don't a know New York City goes, resident but. is that I just talk about how much I hate it every single moment of the day. But there's an energy here. And so it helps when, you know, it's like the fake sex in the city. The extra character is the city. I mean, it helps it. These women have an energy about them. You sort of have to have an energy to survive here, even if it's completely insane. Plus, they know each other. Plus, there's like the whole extra layer of fake society, which Jill Zarin was obsessed with. I mm. mean, what she brought to the table and was the connecting thread yep. for all of these women. Plus, you had actual members of society, which Luann was once upon a time before she was falling Tinsley into bushes. Was. Tinsley like created society, oh, the she, new society, yes, 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 like yes. the new age yoga. She was Mercedes Benz Fashion Week. She literally, those golden <laughs> curls, which is part of the reason why I think she freaks out about straining her hair because she's like, no, they won't remember me. Because mm, when Tinsley, it's her signature look. It, it is. And if you read articles and interviews with Tinsley at the time, the reason that she always, always kept her hair curled was so that paparazzi and photographers, when she showed up to society events, if she had essentially the same basic face, they would remember her. So I think now it's a trigger for her when people are like, cut your hair, straighten it, because she, not that she doesn't think people will recognize her, but she remembers that that was her calling card to greatness. Totally. And so for her, it's like letting go a piece of that, which as we know, the women of New York are not great up they're just not they're not yeah so have you interviewed any of the new york housewives i've interviewed all of them what do you mean i've talked to all of them (laughs) i've interviewed all of the new york housewives wait so bethany is your number one fave bethany i think might be even though i have my moments with her like internally i'm like no i get it i we're all complicated in our imaginary best friendships with bethany yeah 
like something kind of just like irreplaceable to the table. And I think that, she, like you said earlier, she knows how to play the game better than anybody else. Yeah, she does. Um, she's legit. She, I don't know. I think that, she, and I think that she, there are obviously moments where she's not, but I think that she's so self-aware mm-hmm. and kind of aware of like the monopoly board of mm-hmm. the chess board of yeah, the, how to play the game. Lives. Um, yeah. So I've interviewed her three times. <gasps> Who was your favorite interview? Mm. It doesn't have to be your favorite person. Okay, Who was well, your favorite person you, to like well, talk let me to? Just, okay. So my first, I've been, when I interviewed Jorinda, yes, this is a good story. So Tell she me. had, um, a home goods sponsored holiday <laughs> cocktail party at her old apartment. Of course she like did. Three, like two or three Christmases ago, I want to say. That is so how Because you know that she just loves home goods. She loves, loves home goods. Christmas decorations. Yes. And so the whole thing was that she was like bringing like the Berkshires decorations to the city, like for one, for like one season. Like, was this you know, before the Nutcracker, after, or that same season? Um, I think it was, bef- I think it might have been before. It was before, but maybe it was during filming that got season. It. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So I go in there. It's you go in where to her apartment, apartment, her little apartment on the Upper East Side. I won't tell you where it was, but I was, I mean, when I walked into that, past that door, man, I was like giddy. I was where that, like, it was just, I couldn't describe it. Heaven on earth. Um, Walk into her apartment. There's, you know, it's like a packed house. It's a small apartment, really beautiful, high ceilings though. So it felt bigger than it potentially was. And this was a cocktail event to celebrate her relationship with Home Goods. It was basically like a, like she was getting paid by Home Goods. Okay. Got it. Like. I decorated my entire apartment with uh, these like snow globes and oh Christmas trees and whatever. So, but it was packed in the second bed. It's a two bedroom apartment. The second bedroom was like the coat check. So <laughs> the only place to do her interview was in her bedroom. Yes. So literally I interviewed Dorinda. We had both had, you know, cocktails, beverages. Love it. And um, we were sitting on her bed, yes. sitting on her, her bed like I, there was just so much to take in. I didn't. I I'll couldn't bet there even was. deal. There was like wigs that she was like <gasps> alluding to using in certain moments, and he, she was just having the time of her life. We talked for like fifteen minutes, and that was my first housewife interview. But I was so I was just I had like a little more liquid courage than yes. usual. So I was like, you know what? Like I have to. And, and we and we hit, we hit it off like it was great. I had to ask I had to ask her after if we could recreate one of her iconic moments. <gasps> so I had her clip me, like I literally. I was like, Drinda, like we're gonna go stand over by this window, and the the, the publicist is gonna take a video of us. I'm gonna <sighs> pretend to talk about something, and you're gonna clip me. And that's and I have a video on my Instagram way back and like whatever that was. Um, and she was game, so game. And then. She invited me this past year to her Valentine's party because I ran into her at a fat. I ran into her at Fashion Week. Oh I know, my I know God. how that sounds. No, I love it. I was in it. the elevator at Milk Studios, and I hadn't. I had seen her one time at last year's premiere party. Okay. Since then, and she, she, kind of, she was like, "Oh my God! Like, I haven't invited you to my Valentine's party yet." And I was like, "No, I would know <gasps> that. I need to go. Whatever." For real. So she, I went to her new apartment. Their Valentine's Day party. Yes, this Sutton Place. Yes. A neighborhood I had not yes. heard of. Barbara Kay. This is before the premiere of the season. So Barbara oh Kay God. was there. Carol was there. Really? Yeah. And it wasn't filmed? It wasn't filmed. And no. this was just a genuine party that she was having? Yep. She just loves to celebrate holidays. And it was on the roof of her apartment building. And there were like... Um, there was pe- there was heart shaped pizza. There was Vanderpump Rosé. There was this whole dessert table. And... Um, a lot of them were out of town. So like going into it, I was obviously checking all their Instagram right, stories. To see who would I was be like, there. who the yeah, hell yeah. is going to be here? 
um, I couldn't, they were like all in Miami, obviously. So I, I was unsure who was going to be there. I walk in, Barb Bouquet is there. And I, um, I didn't, I don't know if they had said if she was a friend or not yet, but I was like, got to introduce myself, um, talk to her for a while. And that was, so basically she reconciled with Carol at that party because her and Carol hadn't talked since the hot Dorinda and Carol. No. Barbara Kay and Carol. Oh, Barbara Kay and Carol. Barbara Kay and Carol had not talked since the hot make moment when Barbara, from like before Right, Barbara right, right. When she talked she about talked Lou about and Lou, like Tom. Like through the wedding yeah. before getting divorced, whatever. Totally. They hadn't really talked since then. Um, and so she was like nervous about going up to Carol. And she was like, should I, should I, you know, should I talk to her? Whatever. And I was like, go for it. Like Carol, like she was in good spirits. Why not? It's been years. Like you're on the show now. Carol's not on the show. There's nothing to lose by going up to her. So right. Barbara went up to Carol and they sort of reconciled at that party. <gasps> why would, <clears throat> wait, why would Carol be angry at Barbara Kay? Why was Barbara Kay nervous about talking to, because Barbara Kay threatened they the sort lawsuit? Of had a, I think that, I think it was, I, the, it didn't happen on camera, whatever happened between them, but yeah. it stemmed from that moment. And I think there was some sort of legal threatening happening. Yeah. About, again, I don't know exactly the, the kind of the details of the thing, but they basically like, I think they might have argued had a kind of falling out over that moment. Um, And maybe somebody didn't take accountability for it or somebody did or didn't, whatever. Um, But yeah. So nobody else was at that party, unfortunately, with Dorinda. But that's a nice little crowd. I feel like seeing Carol anywhere in the wild is like kind of great. And she was, she looked stunning. She had this big pink faux fur coat on. John was there. Dorinda's John. Um, I'm trying to think if anything else happened at that party. It was just kind of like surreal to be there amongst the women yeah. without a recording crew. I know and I wasn't there for like I didn't interview anybody that was just sort of like a hangout situation oh I love that yeah um so that was Dorinda Bethany Sonia is you know I, crazy I, I, yeah, I love crazy. her yeah, like she's sometimes I don't know what she's telling me right no but, it never makes sense yeah that was a recent one with Portia Melissa and Sonia so for the you, work done video fiber one brownie, so you <laughs> interview them to hype their commercial music video music video much. sorry might as well be a commercial so sorry which was shot in mexico city mm-hmm. with portia dorinda tamra melissa and sonia. sonia yes so the main players were portia melissa and sonia dorinda and tamra make cameos in this music video have you seen the music video work done yeah and i remember when melissa was like she had all of these social media Insta stories of her in some, and that Joe was in two of her in some crazy studio and they were tagging it Mexico. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what the fuck is she doing? Because it looked like an expensive production. It totally was. So I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then I think, was it Dorinda that was doing that too? Or Sonya or somebody else was like IRL in real time. So I didn't know what was happening. And then the commercial slash music video came out and I was like, Monday, yeah. holy shit, this I, is I mean, you, I mean, we all know wonderful. that it's like, yeah, it's awful wonderful whenever the kind of different d- women from different cities get together. We, yeah. we have all of the movie promos that they air on Bravo. Yeah. Our lovely Godzilla one where Dorinda was Godzilla. Do you I love that, that one? one. That was really so good with good. Karen. Yeah, I love that um, one. But this was like, not connected to Bravo technically. It was like Fiber One redid their brownies. They got worked on the brownies, so they kind of made this whole plastic surgery joke. Yeah. I feel like it um, cheapens the franchise a little bit. Fiber One? Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know Is about cheapening it. I think that it was interesting that like they were being so, you know, quote unquote forthcoming about having quote work done, you know, like what does that mean? Kind of, you know, it left me a little speechless at first when I first saw yeah. it, but I knew I was interviewing them about it. Um, so, but it's, it, it, they were fun. So Dorinda and Tamara didn't really do press for it because they were just kind of cameos, cameos in okay. the video. video. But um, Portia and Melissa and, Dur- and Sonia had this full on press day. They did like tons of interviews all day, all together. Mine was not on camera. So I just kind of like was chilling out with them on a couch. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And um, they were a fun group together. I mean, I love all of them individually. So together it was uh, quite the crew. I mean, I love them individually. I just feel weird about the fact that it's like, because to me, I feel like they know that there's like a wink and a smile, like a wink and a nod. And I don't think that Lou gets that so much with like her cabaret, as we saw as evidenced on the reunion. Like she doesn't get the sort of humor that people have for her show, um, that it's not just straight up reverence. And for this, I'm like, I know that they have a sense of humor about it because it is explicit. I just also feel like, I don't know. I want yeah, them to no, make money. I do. No, I totally I get just what you're, I totally weird get what you're saying. It. I feel weird about it, but um, I'm so happy but, that they're no, happy. It, it, exactly. And at the end of the day, like I was there to interview them. And so I sort of wanted to, you know, you, you, you kind of talk about the partnership, you talk about of the collaboration, course. but then you sort of, you want more. Yeah, of obviously. course. Um, I think, so New Jersey obviously has done filming and that's coming out soon, but yeah. Atlanta was still kind of, it's still, I believe it's still in the filming. thick of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're filming they Toronto in, this weekend. Yeah, they're doing they're Carnival. They're still in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. so. Tanya I, is still, Tanya's yeah, still Tanya's there, still around. so strange to I me. talked to her at the end of last season too. Um, oh my God. Because I'll kind of take any Broadway Jason I can't. Person. I heard talking about um, her tech money. I'm like, okay, cool. This is like amazing for you genuinely in life, but I <laughs> swear to God, I do I, not care. But I talked to, I really wanted to know sort of about Kenya coming back mm-hmm. um, and kind of how that's been with Portia and Nini. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of asked about that. I sort of asked all them all about, because they've all welcomed back big people. Sonia's welcomed back Bethany. Mm-hmm. Melissa's welcomed back Danielle. Mm-hmm. and not full-time obviously but she came back and that was kind of a big return and yeah. then Kenya was, she was only gone for one season but I think kind of a lot happened and and uh she was welcome back this season so I wanted to sort of know how that went and Portia in the midst of kind of telling me about that she said that she had only filmed with me Nini once so she I would kind of want to know how have Nini and Kenya been because Ken, obviously there was a whole thing that's why Cynthia and Nini aren't friends anymore right. um and she was like I wouldn't know I've only filmed with Nini once how does Nini get away with this? I mean, if we're going to talk about how Ramona may or may not have been a participant, Ramona still is feels full time. No, I do not understand the point of Nini, and I feel like Nini has a negative impact on the show because she challenges the idea that she needs to be a willing active participant which shuts down real conversation and conflict. I mean, the, the unless she's her, her physically behavior, her behavior on the last reunion was like Unbelievable. To me, it was it was shocking and yeah. I couldn't believe they even let her act like that. Yeah. I I think when Nini is great, she I mean, she's given us so many classic moments. She is the queen of one liners. Like totally. she is such good television when she wants to be. And yeah. I think more and more recently it's just she doesn't want to engage. And to me it's like, then you're not doing your job. Yeah. And I would love if Nini was kind of in full force and kind of willing to go there. Yeah. But for some reason she just isn't isn't she, I don't know if she thinks she's above it. I don't know. If I think she, that's it. I think she thinks she she's above it. she doesn't have any genuine friendships on the show anymore. Like, yeah. I don't know what it is, but the women want to engage with her. They all want to, they want, but they also know that like, they know that they can exist without her on the show. But I think Nini thinks that the show can't exist without her. And I, 
I don't know. I mean, we have, we have, I, I think there'll probably be drama without Nini. I think if she's refusing to, if people are refusing to film with her or vice versa, like what kind of television that does that give us? What kind of seasons does that give us? Cause Nini should be a central figure. I think on every season of Atlanta, she is so, but I don't know if she's, if she's game to play, totally. but if she's not with there, she's not necessary. No. The season without her was great. So like step up or yeah. step out. And we've seen the same with, I can I think we've seen kind of glimmers of that with other people. I think Bethany's had her moments kind of mm-hmm. either right before she left or right when she came back totally, or she, where she, didn't, she, was where she really didn't want to engage with yep. it. She would pull herself out of these that situations. That party in the Hamptons with yes, Ramona. Totally. hundred percent. And that, and I think Bethany was self-aware enough where she was like, I can't, people don't like watching this and they're that people are going to turn on you if you don't engage with the other ladies or with kind of what the show calls you to do. And I think the tides are a little bit turning on I kind of read Instagram comments about, kind of about reports about what's going on behind the scenes and people aren't on any side with anything really. I mean, we, we obviously sympathize. We are sad about kind of Greg's cancer last season and, and kind of what Nini has gone through personally, but you also have a job. You're signed up for the show. Yeah. And I appreciate that Nini showed us the challenges that she and Greg were going through. Truly. I think that that was really important and showing that, you know, if you don't have a marriage, that's in a good place to begin with a stressor, like the huge challenge and, um, chaos that can come with that kind of diagnosis when your partner is going mm-hmm. through some sort of major health struggle and how that challenges and changes a relationship that's already feeling a little bit of instability. I think that's incredibly real mm-hmm. and fascinating. Of course. Um, but you know, conversely, that's, that's not everything. Mm-hmm. And you also have to be willing to participate and having an attitude is not, um, an action that yeah. can substitute behavior if no. you're unwilling to play the game. And the fact that her one shining moment is like physically assaulting a camera person, which <laughs> has yeah. happened again in I another franchise, but, and then not owning up to it and then being kind of a dick about it in a way of like, blah, 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 blah. I won't apologize. is just strange to me. And then going on to ice Cynthia out in a way that yeah. just like, I mean, I know there were different opinions on sort of what that kind of that whole situation with Kenya and bringing Kenya to that party and whether she knew about it or not. But at the end of the day, the way she iced Cynthia out was so hard to watch and heartbreaking. And because Cynthia has been her biggest advocate and Cynthia has been such a great friend to Nini, it was really sad to watch that on the reunion, especially because she just didn't really back it up with any reasoning. She was she just kind of was just like kind of shrugged. When they decide that they do not want to play the game, that's when I start to lose respect for them. And I lost respect for Nini in that moment, not the first time. And I lost respect for LVP this season on Beverly Hills. And I want to get your mm-hmm. thoughts. So okay. um, you've watched, you know, we talked about Beverly Hills, which is a ratings behemoth, whether mm-hmm. or not it deserves it. I think this season, a lot of people were tuning in consistently, whether or not they were team LVP, because so much was happening. Totally through the media, through blogs. There's been a lot of conversation. Obviously, that's how this season splintered because of Radar Online mm-hmm. and rumors and all, that, and all that. So a couple questions for you. Whose side are you on, LVP or everyone else? Keep it real. I'm going to keep it real. I am not on everyone else's side, but I'm also not. LVP is not innocent in the situation. I think we all can. We all kind of agreed on that, but I. I think that so many of them got off scot-free yeah and the gang mentality really turned me kind of gave me the like a bad vibe I didn't like how they all 
were of the same opinion. Yeah. They didn't kind of call each other out until the very end when she had pulled herself out of the situation. Right. They formed an alliance that lasted it, it, it was, part three. It was too much of an alliance for yeah. me. There was not enough kind of diversion from that. Totally. Um, and I just, and I think that, I think Dorit, I think not, there wasn't enough questioning about kind of what happened at the very beginning of Puppygate. Sure. You know, like I think that she, Like Dorit, what happened with the puppy. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like there's a, a, literally what happened with the puppy. And I think that she got off scot-free. I think that Teddy kind of her part in it was she sort of like she quote-unquote owned it but i'm not sure she totally no she didn't she didn't um even though she like apologized for on the reunion i i I guess i guess i'm in the middle because and i know that's kind of a cop-out answer but i'm not firm on either side just because of the way that everyone else was acting do you think that lvp um do you think that she leaked the story to radar online i don't think she personally did but again, I don't think she's innocent. I think she has some sort of involvement in this situation. Do you think she was aware of it when it happened? That's such a tough thing. I I don't I maybe. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I think that she did know. Um and I and I think kind of her past and the accusations against her in the, in the past kind of kind of give credence to that theory that she did have some involvement kind of because she's been accused of leaking stories in the past so um yeah I think that she probably wasn't involved and she probably knew about it um but again I think that like I don't know that's not the worst thing you can do yeah um I have a satchel of gold from Beth in Santa Monica Beth says hey I was just listening to the newest episode and this occurred to me while the two of you were talking about LVP thinking Bravo owed her something that very dynamic is the one she has set up with everyone from Cedric to Brandy she and Ken thrive on creating a dynamic where they have given something and then feel that because of that they can make that person do their bidding and then when that person refuses to co-sign on bad behavior or cover up for LVP she turns on them and makes herself the victim this must be some terrible pattern create a power dynamic by convincing someone you've done something for them only to turn them into your tool for manipulation when they refuse make it seem like they hurt the person who has done so much for them it's downright practiced and pathological behavior and you know Beth that's a thinker that's something to think about and I would add on to that that the victimization this season is fascinating for someone who is in many ways online the aggressor mm-hmm. and she's coming LVP is coming out very very strong and the fact that they're using the phrase bullying repeatedly when she admits that she removed herself from the situation be it production and also directly communicating this with these women for many, many months, eight or 10. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you can say you were bullied when you're not directly communicating with any of these women. And they're not necessarily saying as much online anywhere near to what you're saying. And by you, I mean LVP. I think it's a strong point. I wonder what will happen to dear old doctor quote-unquote john sessa in like two years <laughs> i don't want to hear that name ever again i can't i'm so sorry dr john even as recently as what was it yesterday um something with denise he was saying something like denise went on watch what happens and was like a little drunky poo and oh, yeah. they so a listener viewer called in and asked her about uh, why she wasn't no longer team lvp and she had a 
she had a response that genuinely did not make any sense. I rewatched it this morning and I was like, what is she? She was definitely, she had a little tequila Katie moment. She definitely moment. had some of that. Um, what, what does she drink? She drinks Casamigos. The, uh, Casamigos. George Clooney. Rosado she had on a little. I mean, she loves yes. her tequila and she loves it mm-hmm. a lot. So she was like, blah, blah, blah. and um, she essentially, what did she even say? She essentially said like, situations happened and what I think she meant was there wasn't a dynamic with her and LVP that changed but what she was saying was like the environment changed totally it wasn't that she was no longer team LVP it's just that too much information was coming out so Lisa obviously was told about this since as we know as she says she doesn't watch Bravo um so Mm -hmm. Dr. John quote-unquote doctor then responds online and says something along the lines of like okay the situation didn't change but when you guys were fleeing your house you asked us for help fostering eight of your dogs and we helped you and we never talked about it and Denise then responded and was like that was amazing blah 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 and then Aaron got involved by texting John and texted John, which Lisa tweeted this private text where he was like something, you know, everyone uses the phrase defamation of character. And I always think that's adorable, but he's like, there's a defamate, don't defamation of character, blah, blah, blah. Don't talk shit about my wife. Otherwise a lawyer will get involved. John shares this with Lisa who then paints John as the victim and posts this tweet online, which by the way, makes nobody look good. Aaron looks like a moron. Here's John looks like a pussy and Lisa looks like the cast member of a show that she totally. quit. I mean, here's the thing. I think we can all agree. I don't know if we, I mean, we can all, we have different opinions on the whole situation, but we can all agree that John Sessa is not the victim in the situation. Like that is just not the case. And I think uh, just like the bringing in the, the, the wildfire and saving the dogs and, what have you bring I mean, even that into it. I'm just like why are we still, why are we talking about this to be honest I actually didn't have a problem with that part I was like oh that's interesting that she called them and asked them yeah. for help and they helped and it it wasn't that Denise was a bad doggy parent she was fostering a fuck ton of animals which if anybody watched her previous spinoff um it's complicated or whatever the fuck oh, yeah. it's called on e. um on e many many years ago she's a, a avowed dog lover animal lover she had a fucking ton of dogs they right. were misplaced and Vanderpump Dog stepped in and helped them find homes. And I genuinely think that's amazing. What I don't think that is amazing is this continued dialogue that Lisa Vanderpump is um, a legitimate victim in this situation when she quit the show. I don't know how much longer I can stand her stands and her team yeah, and herself repeatedly a- talking about what a victim she was when she was like the star of the show. And the reason that she was the star of the show was because she was manipulated mm-hmm. behind the scenes. She got herself there. And by behaviors. the way, that's not a bad thing. Thank mm-hmm. fucking God she we did. We need that on the show. I think it's, she's showing her power mm-hmm. by showing how the, the show dissolved with her absence because these women mm-hmm. are all betas or or specific alphas mm-hmm. but they are none of them are meant to hold the center diamond. i definitely wish that lisa would just let everyone else's actions do the talking but they, and, there aren't you know, enough of actions no that's that's what i'm saying right. I, I kind of wish that she hadn't been so vocal on twitter and doesn't i wish she would just stop <laughs> stop kind of harping on this whole situation and let just sort of like thank god the season's over because i think that that's sort of gonna finally bury it I don't think this is going to kind of go into next season I don't like I think that there needs to be a huge change up I just I'm so sick of this entire situation and but again like she's perpetuating it she she keeps going on Twitter she keeps responding to comments they keep on 
she got she has her johns do some of her work for her and and camille plays into it camille tries to take on that role so she can get the sympathy vote and i get it i understand camille's place because that reunion cycle was frustrating for me i could not believe the amount of camera time given to someone who wasn't full-time and a friend of and the amount of bearing that happened Mm -hmm. and i understood why camille got up from that couch because andy used the phrase trash talking Mm -hmm. and when you use the phrase how did you feel when camille was trash talking you were saying how did you feel when this person was being a piece of shit how do you feel like when this person was it's like a step above gossiping you're giving your opinion of their gossiping and you're using it as a question which gives it validity now he may have been completely right but I understand why Camille got up and was like fuck you guys I also do not understand for the life of me I don't understand why Camille was considered the star of the reunion that's a that's a sign, signal that the show is very I mean, sick I, you know why but yeah it we know why ca- it, it shouldn't should, be the case it shouldn't be that case no the amount of um seemingly joy and like um I don't even know I guess their own um victimization with saying like and how dare you talk about Dorit's money and that is too low oh and my God, we would never do that that makes me think like all of you guys should get pink slips you know, the yeah, LVP's like, favorite color we... because it was it, you don't understand the job of the show. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the job of the show, if the rumors are correct and Denise's tweet yesterday is correct mm-hmm. um, and blogs are correct from months prior or weeks prior. And Camille did say something that was racist or racial or racially (laughs) insensitive, which allegedly was something along the lines of like, I don't have to apologize for being white or why should I apologize for being white? And the production didn't use it. And Mm -hmm. my thinking is if it happened, which it seems like it did, and they didn't use it because they needed her to look like a victim or it didn't play into their narrative of talking about the dog shit and like Lisa's dead brother and whatever, forever and ever, amen. That is so upsetting to me. And I'm not saying that as far as like, let's teach everybody a lesson. I'm not saying that um, pulling in anything else. I I think it's very different from the Brett Kavanaugh issue. And I'm glad that was referenced on the show. I'm one of those people that likes Mm -hmm. politics to be involved. I just think that would have been a nuanced level inside of that reunion filming and if something genuine happened and that is a genuine moment of Camille thinking that she's a victim and thinking that as a white woman whatever blah 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 if that happened and they didn't use it my god are you kidding that would have been the only reason to actually have three parts do you think it was too like too ugly I mean I I, I, there have been all these reports but I maybe it was just too they definitely don't like talking about race on these shows I don't think but I don't know we don't know exactly what happened. I'm not defending Camille at all. Like what, whatever she said was inexcusable. And, and yeah, whatever. I think but that I, it, it sounds like it got so like dark and dirty, like that they just didn't want to go there. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe it wasn't as nuanced as we, as we would hope, you know, maybe it yeah, I mean, gets really. Denise said it in the context of like her adopted daughter has totally. an African-American father. So I think when you bring your kids into it, I think that, I have no choice but to a thousand percent believe that it happened. Oh, I believe it happened. Yeah, I think it's a question of editing. I think it's a question of, 
I don't know, that it would have been too heavily against Camille, which is a symptom mm-hmm. of the greater disease. Yeah. I just, it's upsetting to me that like these moments that would have been holy shit. I mean, they showed it for Kim Zolciak when she did her whole right. bullshit race didn't matter before Twitter or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, racism didn't exist or something dumb. Um, I, I just, it's upsetting to me selfishly because that is such a what the fuck moment. For sure. And we have had I what mean, the fuck moments. I would have loved to have seen how that played out. Right. I don't think it's a matter of like litigious involvement because they showed Phaedra calling uh, the unveiling of Phaedra as someone that like manipulated mm-hmm. sexual assault um, for yeah. the benefit of her plot on um, Atlanta. So I don't I don't know what it was. It's I just upsetting to, to me. Yeah, it's upsetting to me that it may or may not have happened, a.k.a. it definitely happened mm-hmm. and wasn't shown on the show. And meanwhile, there are tons of people who are team LVP and I hear you. I just think this is an ungodly end to this um season. Doesn't and it all just make you feel just like icky? Like the whole it the, makes like you feel the end dirty. of the season. I'm just sort of like what did we just spend four months watching? And for what? And how? why is there nobody that stands? Why are we in a position where Camille rightly calls out the bullshit that's happening behind the scenes with Dorit and PK's financial mishigas and maybe stuff that's actually genuinely happening with um, Erica and Tom and she's being buried for it. Like, I know. She has to apologize and be like, I'm so sorry, that was so mean. And then Dorit's like, well, I'll never trust you again, blah, 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 blah. That is the purpose of this show. Every single viewer, whether or not your team Dorit, which is a team that does not exist whether or not you're like team everybody else you want to know what is going on because there is shit that is happening i get that like you can't quote talk about it but like the people around you should be able to talk about it and that they're not involved they're they're on the show to kind of talk about what's going on in your life and again like there, there were two huge things that were happening outside of the show this season that we didn't get no light was shed and I no, get, and it was referenced in passing. It referenced in passing, and those would have, again, been legitimate issues. And I think that the fact that Camille was called out for bringing up a lawsuit that was happening, or, I mean, we don't know, whatever, but... There are several lawsuits, Yeah, yeah and, but it's way. like, why why Beverly, why on Beverly Hills is that off-limits, but on other, on other franchises, like, the, the other franchises that are better right now, they talk about anything. Because they removed the person that would have been directly responsible and god bless for making sure that shit comes out on camera which is lisa if lisa had stayed on the show which she should have she and camille could have brought this stuff up and lisa could have used it as a weapon before she walked off do you i mean this just came to mind yeah you know how she you know how lisa had camille bring up the stuff about taylor's husband yeah which we only got this season another moment where i'm like why wasn't that you think lisa had camille bring up the lawsuit sure uh, maybe and you know, if, if Camille like wasn't what if she smart was still enough, calling the shots? I would love it. If Camille wasn't smart enough to bring that up on her own, which I think she I actually know. is, then if Lisa was involved, God bless. But she's not watching I the know. show. She doesn't care. She's too busy being sad. So what is what is your ideal next like next Beverly Hills? Get rid of half like? of them. Which ones? Um, Teddy, Erica Jane, um, and I think some. Okay, so who would I leave? I would leave Kyle because I think she's a strong beta. Yeah. Um. I would Rinna. leave Rena a mm-hmm. thousand yes. percent. She's probably thousand. the most important person on I that agree. couch right now. Um, Kyle Rena, and I would probably leave Dorit, but I need someone to be aggressively against her, vocally yes. aggressively against her. And I don't know where Camille Camille referenced the women being trash on Twitter. Camille is now like strongly back on um, attaching herself to LVP's asshole, mm-hmm. and I just don't know how much 
bullshit she's going to let herself so much so yeah i mean i think if have the whole race thing like if that's where it went i'm not sure she should be back oh um, i a thousand percent that's a reason she should be back we oh, need you think so yeah we need to call this shit out when we yeah. see it and also that's a so, large part of um america that feels that way so yeah have it on the show but um, talk about it you, or not whatever yeah, and I, but i do think that i think that camille should be a housewife next season and i think that at the end of the season one of the most promising things that we saw was sort of the beginnings of the Denise and Camille dynamic. Like I think that that dynamic has the potential to be a long-term like epic. Yes. Battle. Back and forth. Battle royale. Like I think there's something about Camille that Denise just can't like deal with. And it sets her off. It set her off at the agency party. It set her off at the reunion. Yeah. there's something in there that Denise is not, they do not gel. And I think that that could be amazing television. Totally agree. I think Dorit brings out the best in Denise when Denise feels like she has to defend herself or whatever. And, you know, Camille does these things where she season one, Camille was back, which I know several people are saying, and they are in my words, in my mind, entirely correct with like, someone says something to Camille and she hears something else. And then all she can hear is what she thought she heard. Mm -hmm. So season one, you know, why aren't you filming? Why are they filming you without Kelsey there? When what Kyle was saying was like, Oh, spring break is Kelsey going to be there. And now it's like, you yell at your kids, you make fun of them, you swear at them. And what Denise was saying was like, I want to protect my child from being upset. And I want to see more of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's real. I think that that's a real example of Camille being like slightly cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And I think Denise was triggered in that moment and I loved it. Yeah. So let's see more let's of that. Let's see more of that. I don't think that Camille will allow herself to be back. I think Camille's chill trying to figure out how she wants to play the game and I don't know that she will allow herself to be back full time, but I also think if they are putting this much focus and attention on you and you weren't even a friend of or whatever. She deserves to be a full housewife. You, you deserve in it. That you de- way. She, yeah, she sure. was the only one who deserved to hold she a diamond. Her keep. Mm-hmm. She did. And nobody yeah. else did. I mean, she, how, when other time, what is there another instance when a friend of the cast, Danielle t- Straub has, but has she been on two and a half parts of, two and a half full parts of the reunion? Oh, they brought no. her in a half an hour into part one. Yeah. That was, was a bad sign. She, they took her off te- with 10 minutes left in part three. Like that is unheard of. In, yeah. In, it's in crazy. These reunions. Like yeah. she was, Again, like you said, the key player, like she, she's not a, she's not a friend because she is a, she's yeah, essentially and, a And I think that's a fuck you um, from me so. to production and the editors for yeah. putting so much of the focus of this on Camille. And I still, for the life of me, do not understand why that was not a two-parter, mm-hmm. if not half of one. Yeah, and then sure. just show me commercials for Atlanta for, for like sure. the remaining 36 minutes. So I'll call <laughs> it a day. So listen, um, we need to have a conversation. I, I think that's all we really have to yeah, say about I agree. I'm Beverly done. I'm Hills. Done. Let's, 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 let's go on to the next. <sighs> Oh my fucking God. I feel physically ill from the amount of time I spent on Katie Ross's social media in the last 48 hours. It's a rabbit hole. It is a rabbit hole, as was this week's Potomac, last week's Potomac, the week before. The best television of all of the television. And Katie, if we're going to talk about the importance of a friend of, Camille was obviously integral for Beverly Hills and was maybe the only Beverly Hills housewife still standing. Katie Ross is doing the job of cast members who are already doing fantastic work, <laughs> production editors, the she audience. Is. She's responding in one in a million. One in a million. So we watched this season's Potomac, which was Gangbusters, and ended it's been insane. Completely insane. And it ended with 
um, a title card that said unseen production footage. I mean, which was a two parter words right there. Magic words. It was a two parter. The first part was audio allegedly, even though we don't need to use the word allegedly audio of the moment when Michael and the cameraman's ass made friends Mm -hmm. when he, um, is needing to be called over to that like little photo line Mm -hmm. at the the rainbow Rainbow party. party, And he says, Hey bud, how are you? The cameraman says, don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't do that. Michael says, okay, no problem. And saunters over to his wife, the woman he is married to and continues on his merry way. And then at the end, you get audio of... From inside the basement. Inside the basement. I think like two hours later or something something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's Michael having a conversation and saying something along the lines of like, I didn't touch your ass or something. And Monique tweeted, Mm -hmm. why can you hear my cousin's voice? And is saying that some of that audio belongs to a relative and may not belong to the cameraman. And Katie has been saying on social media, that's a direct example of how staged this production is. And if that's real, that calls into account all this other stuff and how much of that is real, how much of that is staged. And this is a mess. And she goes so all in that production releases a statement. Bravo releases a statement and says, denies that denies it says all of it is unedited And then Monique comes back and says, I didn't mean that it was all staged. I just meant that last part. I can hear my cousin and I know it's my cousin and not the camera guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the assault didn't happen. I'm just saying that like that little last moment was confusing to me. And then Katie goes back on social media and says, spoiler alert, I got a call from production. They don't want me at the reunion. And then after that, Candace and Monique get involved and say that's completely ridiculous. And why isn't she there? And Monique has said that she's called production several times and has asked them why Katie's not going to be there. And then on top of that, Katie puts a little post on social today or yesterday and brings up that photo, which is why I've been calling her mental health into question, mm. and says that the photo of her with the hashtag Me Too when she's having a miscarriage but made it look to the public like she had been physically assaulted, bleeding liquids all over her I naked body just... next to the top of a toilet was not, in fact, posted by her, but by her former ex-boyfriend. And spoiler alert, she's engaged again, but it's not to Jacob the guy we saw on mm-hmm. camera who accused Michael of doing some shady shit. It's actually this new guy who's doing her hair and Insta stories. Take all, a breath. <laughs> all this to say, there's a lot that's been happening and my brain broke and I was on team Katie Ross for some of it, mm-hmm. except when it concerns that photo of her, because it seemed like she was being purposeful and not answering people's calls, right. visits to their home and that she, I do not believe that it was Jacob who posted it and, and um, Katie didn't know about it. And the women this week talked a little bit about the fact that Katie sometimes says things Mm -hmm. that didn't happen. And I don't a thousand percent believe that her recollection of reality is reality in and of itself. But I do think that if we're going to talk about the importance of friends of, it is completely fucking insane not to have Katie present for that reunion. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Katie 
Katie's been such an interesting presence this season, especially so interesting. I think you talked about this last week on your podcast that she was just so different in the first season. So much, yes. so much has happened in her life in totally. the past two or three years. And yeah, I mean, she has been quite the, quite the, uh, quite the presence on the, on the season. She has been really vocal on social media in a way that I think because she's a friend of, mm-hmm. it kind of gives her more leeway to be totally. that, to be outspoken thousand like that. thousand percent agree. And I mean, like you said, I think you can, you have to kind of take what she says with a grain of salt in terms of what she's saying about production and what she's kind of alleging has been said and not said. But again, I think it's a, it's a worthwhile conversation because there's clearly some miscommunications happening about, about, I mean, ever since that production footage aired at the end of last week's episode, there's been a lot of questions. I think to me, that first part of that clip where there's clearly physical contact made. That is clearly, inappropriate. It's, you're yeah, not clearly it's, up to clearly it's not yeah. a mutual interaction. Yeah, no consent. Um, to me, that's like, I mean, it, 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 that's, that speaks volumes, that, that clip. I think the second clip. I don't know. To me, it, it, if, if it's been, I, I don't believe, uh, I can't really say if it's been, been manipulated or not. None of us were there. There's obviously questions around it, but I do think that. At, at the end of the day, that, that second clip is actually kind of inconsequential in terms of like, totally. in terms of like shedding light on the, in the, on the situation mm-hmm. and the allegations. Um, but I, but I, but I do think that Katie, she's been, she's been on the trips. She's been at all the parties. She's been there for vital moments. She should be at the reunion. I think it, it'd be, it would be unfortunate if she wasn't there because I mean, she was there when Giselle called Ashley and was like, I just read the story about your mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. Like and she, she was like, is he gay? Right. And she, and she was also there for, I mean, she was involved in the, you know, the alleged like slave comment. And there, there, there are all these, she, she's been in the thick of it this season. She, she hosted the, uh, what was the party called? The hoedown party where they're out of her whatever farm, whatever was that amazing. was party. Like yeah. that was one of the most iconic episodes of this entire season. Like she was been there. And I think I, I would love to see Katie at the reunion. I would love to see kind of her side of the story, but I think, I think it's insane. I mean, she's saying that like they have no right to use my likeness and then not have me there, and that is not how the real world works. No, it's not. It's not. It's, how not, that works. it's certainly no. not how reality no. TV but works. They can said, do whatever the fuck they want. I think a reunion at Potomac would still be <laughs> the reunion for Potomac this season will be amazing, regardless. These women are bring, oh, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. are bringing it like yeah. more so than they have. I've loved Potomac since season one, but this is this is like next level amazingness from them this year yeah I totally hear you and I think it's completely batshit insane if they don't have her and even if they don't have her it doesn't mean the reunion's not gonna be great but I think she has a very very specific voice that's important certainly she'll no longer be back full-time because she has said too much Mm -hmm. but I think it's crazy if she's not there because there needs to be somebody calling out questions as directly as she's calling out on Mm -hmm. social media. And if social media is the only place where this is existing, that's really a disservice to the show and the viewers. And I think that she has the right to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. I think bringing her back was certainly uh, a gamble. And this is sort of what happens when you have someone here who you don't totally know if they're like on the up and up emotionally or mentally. I mean, there's a reason why they brought, why they kind of brought her back several episodes in as a friend. Yeah. They're probably testing Testing the waters waters. and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's played out in an interesting way. And, 
unpredictable and I think that's what she brings she's unpredictable and Bravo saying that second clip where it's like hey Mike whatever you didn't touch my whatever the fuck is the language and like the very very end of the episode Mm -hmm. it is entirely possible that that is unedited and also not the cameraman Bravo can say that this is unedited and also be responsible for including it and we're supposed to um, think from listening to that 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 is the cameraman it's entirely possible that that whole time that one moment was Monique's cousin talking to Michael and they're using it unedited, but they're using it in a way that it looks like Michael talking to Mm. the cameraman. It's also entirely possible that it was her cousin at the beginning of it. And then the cameraman himself, whatever and however they added that audio to the episode does not in any way mean that the assault did not take place. And we're talking about a man at this point, the glee or are just genuine argument that Ashley made that because charges were dropped, that means that the assault never took place. She is too smart for that. And a lot of people are saying this is like karma, shove it up your ass. And I think those people are correct, but also like, thank God she's brought up other stuff because she's been so crucial. But we're thinking about the moment when Andrew's butt was tapped. um, Katie's former fiance. First season. season. season, Jacob, her then boyfriend this season talking about him saying, make sure you call me on a private line. Him saying sucking Juan's dick, which I do not understand for the life of me why Robin doesn't want to address that directly with her who the who ex-husband he was talking about yeah i yeah. think that's insane and the cameraman assault as karen so wonderfully put it these are all things that came up because michael could give two shits about consent and i mean it's all about men it's mm. all sexually it all has like sexual overtones and none of these incidents happened with the other person's consent. It's Mm -hmm. always Michael being like the aggressor. And I do not for the life of me understand how a woman in a marriage with a man who's being accused of being sexually aggressive to other men, how you come out of that saying your relationship is stronger than it's ever been. That makes me think your relationship is the most toxic thing it's ever been that was happening anywhere else you'd be like um totally yeah and the best gift that baby dean will ever give his mommy and daddy is the fact that he was born at the height of all of this Mm -hmm. so that they could use it as a distraction Mm. not to say they don't love their kid totally and that child is the identical twin to um michael so (laughs) could use there one picture and people it is a lost it mazel um (laughs) yeah yeah um i mean the whole situation is it just doesn't give you good vibes. It's not, it's not. It's dark. It's dark. And I think it, it definitely raises questions about kind of, is there something about the relationship we don't know? Is there, do they have, I mean, do they have like sort of like, you know, a, a, an agreement or whatever? I think that I've, I've I don't heard, think they did. Think so? No, I think that they, I don't think that I mean, this I'm not is, saying I do. I think I don't, it's raising questions. No, totally. Yeah. I thousand percent hear you. And I think that people are having that conversation. I think the fact that it's all without consent. I think that yeah. if he was, if they were like, whatever the new phrase is for swinging, if they had an open re- mar- right. relationship or marriage, he wouldn't be doing these pe- things with to always to men and always without consent. I think it's, he's like trying to test the water, but he doesn't feel like he's allowed to he's swim. Allowed, right. That's a good point. But also people that are on the DL or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they are going to, there's another element here because he's being um, sexually aggressive mm-hmm. and is being like 
a perpetrator, essentially. You know, that doesn't just happen just because you want to, you're a man married, married to um, a woman and you want to, like, fuck men. There's another level to this. Right. He is... Uh, like I don't want to use the word like a deviant, but he's like he's what's the phrase like that I want to use? Uh, right, but, but right, right, but having suppressed energy doesn't make you no, no, um, no, 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 sexually aggressive. No way. So I think the fact that people are having the conversation about the DL to me put that aside mm-hmm. because there's another le- another level here where he is being sexually aggressive to people against their consent, and that is like terrifying. Mm-hmm. I think that is really. obviously awful nobody's gonna say it's great but and i think that it is something more than what is the state of like what agreement do they have in their wasn't there a question i mean when the when the allegations came out and then between then and when that aired last week i was under the impression or at least i'd heard that michael was not going to be allowed to appear on the show well so that's why i was so taken aback when he was at um kwan's 40th birthday party at yeah. the scare at the scary forest haunted forest oh my um, god how like, so, so i guess they up. i guess they kind of i guess maybe because the charges were dismissed i think that's it i think that you know they had a little headline um come on uh last week or the week before where it said that he was suspended from production so production included yeah. as an edit the fact that you know they included the fact that he was suspended i was sort of uncomfortable with the vibe from this week which I felt like was almost gleeful in the way that they were editing where they had that one moment where they like made his face they like froze on him and I don't remember it was like black and white or like red and black or something but it looked like something that you would see in like Spider-Man or a comic book movie where yeah I remember that it felt Mm -hmm. like they were making it almost into a little bit of a joke and there's genuinely nothing funny about no, this no, no. and I think about the camera guy watching this and I think about other members of production watching this and you're turning this guy who was a victim of like sexual violence of violence or whatever the accurate legal phrase is and you're supposed to be working on the same show like I would mm-hmm. think to myself is this the way that they're going to treat me god forbid and I think he was on he was allowing himself to be filmed again Maybe to say maybe that there he wanted was to redeem himself or something. Yeah, but and, it's not working. Right, and maybe he felt like he owed something to his wife. Yeah, because all of these things are all behaviors kind of that tarnishing he's, her too. Totally, and it's, he's choosing to do this on camera, yeah. which is his wife's job. I do not know for the life of me why either of them would be agree why either of them would agree to be on the show next season. I am desperate for Ashley to say stay, but. If this is the if let's pretend that she really does believe her husband is in, innocent, mm-hmm. which I do not believe that she feels, but let's let's pretend. Right. Or even if she doesn't, what she's saying right, even if it doesn't even matter. Why would you go back on the show watching the editing that's taking place? Like, why would you agree to that? Yeah, I don't. I mean, there was I think her honestly her last tweet uh, as far I mean as far as I can remember um, last week I was kind of watching during the show she tweeted like wait till the reunion and so i think the reunion is going to be incredibly telling in terms of what her approach to this whole situation is what yeah. what angle is she going to take what argument is she going to take with this on potomac i know they usually bring the husbands out so that oh my god Michael can you imagine could be coming he, he's i think that he's come out the past three seasons on the reunions and yeah. so they i'm sure they're sort of <laughs> kind of buckled down and being like okay like how do we do how do we approach this and i think that ashley i've interviewed her a couple times and it seems like she she really, this is sort of her, 
reality TV is is what she I think I think she's good at it. I she's think that so she, good. She oh my gosh, she's is, so good. I think she knows that she's good at it. I think that so she good. has had her sights set on sort of making a name for herself mm-hmm. on a show like this for quite some time. Um, so I think that I don't think she wants to lose the show. I, but again, like editing has this. I mean, the whole situation has has kind of made painted them in in a not so positive light, but coming back from this I'm not sure I, I'm curious I mean I'd love to I'd love to kind of see how long the relationship could last and sort of if I mean they're weathering through this and I don't know she's sticking by him through these allegations and so it's sort of like where does it end with them or does it ever end with them yeah I I totally agree with you and here with you and I also think there were like a couple MVPs of the episode one was Karen for bringing up so well the issue yes. of consent and yes. saying it repeatedly mm-hmm. and I'm sorry like I have an issue with the editors being making the overall um, moment of assault, like having that like gleeful moment with that with that moment when they like put his face in color and have make feeling weird about that. But when Giselle sat down with that popcorn, oh my, oh my God. God, I could have watched I... her just eat popcorn for 44 minutes. So when I, when I watch these shows, a lot it. of the time I'm streaming it on Xfinity. I'm taking screenshots and I. Took, oh, yeah. Your screenshots are, are, took, shots are so I good. I took like 12 screenshots of that scene. Like she, she talk about knowing, talking about being meant for the, a show like meant this, like for that this. woman, it is just the gift that keeps on giving the fact that she literally popped popcorn for a morning interview on a local TV station, sat cross-legged in her tie dye jumpsuit, Magical. Or, or match, matching jumps or sweatsuit with her own little popcorn viewing party that, I mean, you can't, that woman is just is 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 genius. Yeah, they are. That was a classic moment. The Potomac women are on a level above everybody else mm-hmm. right now. Completely, they are so good. I mean, I think Giselle could. I mean, Potomac is is obviously a worthwhile franchise. It's an amazing franchise, but Giselle could hold her own on any of the other ones. Thousand percent agree. She is a top notch housewife. Yeah, she is. She mm-hmm. really is an all star. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think is going to happen on the reunion? Who do you think is gonna Who do you think is gonna come across on top or come out on top? In terms of the Ashley situation or just overall? Overall. God, there's so much that's happened. I think it'll be really interesting to see who is on Candace's side of things. I think that there are a lot, I think a lot of them have turned. I think Karen might be the only one who hasn't really turned on Candace. Yeah. Um, and I think in some ways Karen kind of sees, kind of like wants to be sort of a Candace mentor of some sort or kind of like a second mother to her because maybe because of her situation with her mom but I think yeah. that Candace has rubbed a lot of them the wrong way she's been a great television this season but I don't think a lot of them are on her side so I don't think she's gonna come out on top necessarily I think it's kind of the odds are stacked against her on this reunion um I think she's gonna use though the Ashley situation to her advantage where she's like this is why I thought y'all you were full of shit and she might indirectly passive aggressive passive aggressively apologize to Ashley yeah. and be like I was wrong to say that stuff about your pregnancy but the reason I did right, right, right. and then go into that I mean like I think that's, that's kind possible. of a good impression of Candace I mean I do what I can candy girl um <laughs> but candy girl. <laughs> yeah I think I think you're right but I also I would love to see you know we're going off a of Beverly Hills reunion where it was five or six against one I'd love to see the mul- kind of different fractions of it I'd love to see yeah, I think that's gonna multiple happen. people come out on the bottom and on the top like I, yeah. I kind of would love kind of just different situ- different situations being issues I think that the biggest things will be Michael and Ashley and Candace's various situations um but yeah I don't know I would I cannot wait for this I, I don't think they've taped it yet um, no they haven't but they're taping it soon because yeah, Andy sent out for questions, questions on Twitter 
Um, I mean, I'm sure Candy, uh, yeah. Katie has a couple that she's going to want to oh, send for in. Sure. Jeez, <laughs> Katie can you imagine? from blah, 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 Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Katie from a farm somewhere. Um, um, yeah, not and great. I, and I think that, but I think that also it's something that has been really kind of, that's added to the Potomac viewing experience this season mm-hmm. has been, they are all so active on Twitter during mm-hmm. the episodes yes. in, a, in a way that I would love to see from some of these other franchises. Mm-hmm. Like, even the Kardashians live tweet, keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Like, I would love more of the New York ladies to live tweet. I would mm-hmm. love more. I guess Beverly Hills sometimes does it, but it's just been so kind of unenjoyable this year. Yeah. Um, it's more it's like, kind of try so, not to kill me. They're like, Different levels of these situations are mm-hmm. added by what mm-hmm. Monique's tweeting, by what mm-hmm. Candace is mm-hmm. tweeting, by, mm-hmm. you know, um, last last episode when, when Monique's text with um, Candace went mm-hmm. um, went on, on screen. Yeah. And Giselle and, and Robin called her out for it. And they kind of had this exchange on Twitter. Like, yeah. that is, that's a whole other level of kind of uh, meta yeah. viewing. And Monique now blocked Candace from Instagram because she wow. said she, it was like too intense. I mean, I think the only franchise that does it consistently is Dallas and it's kind of yeah. because they have to right. because they need to try to like lift up attention for the yeah, franchise. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to Potomac and I do, I think you're exactly They're right. They're in it to win it. Right. Girls. And I feel like a lot of the other franchise, it's more like, here's one comment that happened totally. and go to whatever, blah, blah, blah. Watch it tonight at nine, whatever, yada, yada. And Potomac is, it's like a, it's like a spinoff of mm-hmm. like what, whatever the fuck they're saying online. Mm-hmm. And they're using social media in a great way because they're doing it in a way where it's not, they're not replacing what's airing with more shit. They're just like adding they're on. Adding context. It's bonus. They're adding kind of updates to these situations. Yeah. It's been months since they filmed these. And I think that it just speaks to, they know they know that that they have a show that should be being watched by more people. They know that maybe the fact that it's Potomac is kind of turning people off. It's not like an LA or a right. New it doesn't York, but, feel glam and right. Glitz but it it's is Potomac. one of the best shows on Bravo, yeah. and it just they, they are so kind of all in on it, and I love that. I love the dedication. I totally agree. So AGs, if you are not watching Potomac and I don't know why that is, please watch. You can start watching. Because I want you to watch so desperately that I'm going to give you guys permission <laughs> to start with this season. Skip to season four. Although it would be helpful if you started at least with season two. I don't think you need to watch the season one reunion, but start with two. Although if you wanted to start with three, again, I just want you to watch the show. We wouldn't be show. mad at you. We wouldn't be mad at you. Support we, our Potomac <laughs> girls. I, I mean, they're not all from we Potomac. We want to welcome but... you. They don't all live in Potomac, no. but it's okay. No. There's a P- Potomac heart and soul and Completely. ethos that they carry. It's essentially a DC housewives, which is my hometown, yeah. which is why I have, oh. an, ex- I have an extra kind of, uh, uh, what's the, what the phrase, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I, I'm, 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 out of I'm, words I'm rooting. Today, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for it. Ben kind Franklin. Of more so than I would otherwise. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Potomac is just, can I just ask you, did you watch real housewives of DC? I did. I mean, I was from You're a DC. Survivor. I had to watch it. Um, I was really disappointed in it, obviously. Yeah, because it's trash. And I get why they can't bring it back, but... Yeah, um, I think it's actually too political. It's too political, and it's just like, it was dominated by those, by the... Mikhail, the ru- they ruined it. Yeah, the White House crash, uh, party crashers, so... Yeah, DC, what could have been? But what is it was here bad, badly now, cast. that was a terrible show, mm-hmm. but now as a reward for the five of us that watch DC, and I own a couple episodes because oh, I am wow. insane. On iTunes? Yeah, because I wanted to like rewatch Remember it. Remember we had to buy episodes on iTunes? Like that is just... Isn't that terrible? Wow. So bad. Um, it's the worst show you'll ever see, but yeah, we watched it good. and our reward, our karmic 
retribution a la Ashley is the fact that we get Potomac. We get Giselle and Karen. Like gifts, even just that, to the that is a dynamic that will go down to history as my God. kind of up there with the best of them. And Ray this season oh actually having sex with his wife and like looking at her I like a sexual not. object. Can we not? Se- <laughs> P.S. Macy Gray. Are we oh, kidding? The Macy Gray cameo almost like was my cause of death. Like I almost lost it. It was so unnecessary, which is why it was fantastic. Because it was like, why is Macy Gray? What has Macy Gray been up to? Why is she available? Why is she at a random recording studio in rural Virginia? Oh my God. You know, there are lots of questions there, but you know what? Kudos to Karen for locking that down. Household name. I'm appreciative that we don't have answers. It's just this random cameo. And And it's like like when Candace Bushnell shows up. It's like, (laughs) it's just a thing that happens. (laughs) It's just a part of their universe. It's a DC. It's a DC thing, maybe. I don't know. God bless. Well, I do know this was a total pleasure. Tell the people where to, first off, your screenshots are yeah. Magical. So I would say if you for Bravo content, yeah, which Twitter is the only is content. Oh yeah, I mean, like, what else is there out in this world that gives me joy? Nothing. I mean, um, yeah. So I live tweet a lot of yes. Housewives episodes. Um, follow me at Gibsonoma, G I B S O N O M A, and that's the same on Instagram. Oh, smart. Yeah, same on Instagram. I try to you know be like brand conscious there. <laughs> See, I, I should have the same thing. I actually do remember opening Sarah Galley on Instagram, and then I think I changed it to Dame Galley, and I can't get it back. But like Dame Galley is like so <laughs> like. I mean, we're it's like the grand dame of Potomac, Karen Huger. I you are the grand dame of. Bravo podcast. God bless. I <laughs> used I my Twitter's at Sarah Galley, my Instagram's at Dame Galley, and I used Dame Galley because I thought it was funny and because one of my college professors oh, I called it. me Dame Galley. He's like, You're a dame. He thought I was royalty and wasn't wrong. I mean you are. So, thank you so much. So um yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. But guys, tell us your thoughts and feels. Yeah. This was a total pleasure. I would I love to would, have you back anytime. Oh, I will come back any anytime. I will come all the way uptown for you. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, this um, was but yeah. This was magical. And guys, if you haven't already um, rated Andy's Girls five stars on iTunes with a 7,000 word essay um, that will be graded on why you love this podcast, what are you waiting for? Um, this was so fun. I can't wait to keep you Thank you soon. so much for having me. A total pleasure. Um, I can't wait for the return of New Jersey and Dallas. Let's go, guys. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Bye-bye.